is a goal of mine right now. Nice. Yeah. But what kind of genres are you into? Um, I like something... I kind of like psychological stuff, like psychological mm. thrillers, maybe. Mm. really like... And just really... I, I've noticed a trend, like, I really like things with, like, horrible endings or just mm. something that just, like, doesn't leave me sad. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of breaks you just a little bit. But, yeah, that's my... That's what, like, what titles? Like... Like... What titles well, end like that? Like, um... Well, I just I just watched uh, like Requiem for a Dream like mm, recently. That one's on my list. That's definitely yeah. my list. Yeah. No, it's kind of like leaves you feeling horrible, but like, it's also <laughs> really great. So yeah. The last movie that filled me with a horrible feeling, and like I I physically could not finish it. Uh-huh. I had watched so many video essays on it that I had already like psyched myself up to like yeah. watching it. Yeah. I could not finish The Shining. Oh, the Shining. It really? just it, I couldn't finish it. Uh-huh. Like. It would be just a shot of something happening. Well, uh-huh. that's what everything else is a shot of something happening. But, like, almost nothing happening in the frame. But mm-hmm. I just, I like, it would just fill me with so much terror. I, I couldn't do it. Really? But, yeah. I, I like The Shining. Like, I've, I've watched it a few times. But, yeah. But, um, I don't know. I think, like, before, like, I watched it, I didn't do so much research on it. And mm-hmm. I, like, didn't, ex- I expected more, like, a... Like jump scare type horror mm. movie, and it's mm. like it's more just like that eeriness that it just kind of I don't know. In you. Like as much as that's the better horror, like obviously, yeah. but like I don't know. It just I've I've or or I watched I tried to watch um, Mulholland Drive, okay. David Lynch. Uh-huh. There was there was just oh, it, it's a spoiler. I'm it's sorry. A spoiler? Like, if you haven't seen it, I no, don't want to ruin the moment for okay. you. Okay. But it's genuinely so terrifying. Okay. And, like, I don't know. His movies, I get the oh. rep that they make no sense. Uh-huh. But, like, it's genuinely so terrifying. I, you'd love it, actually. Okay. From the way that you described that movie. Yeah. What you like about movies, you'd yeah. absolutely love okay. it. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. <laughs> But yeah. the media you chose to talk about today. Yes. Came out in twenty nineteen, right? Yes, in twenty nineteen. Sex Education. Yes. Netflix original. Yes. Not so. really a psychological thriller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What got you into it? Um, honestly it was just like a normal like I just saw it. You mm-hmm. know, I was just kinda of bored looking for something to watch and saw the like the little preview on Netflix mm-hmm. and it looked interesting. And um once I started it it was just like, very obviously, like, not like other, like, you know, teen um, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it was obviously, like, talks a lot about sex and very explicit with that, but in a way that kind of feels, like, comfortable and, like, natural. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it until this year. Okay. I was very late to the game. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, like, there was a teen show dichotomy. It was Euphoria people and sex education people. And I was a Euphoria person for a very long time. Uh I was a ride or die for Euphoria. Like, I I lived and breathed Euphoria. Yeah. But, like, this year, I finally was, like, you know, I'll I'll just, I'll give in. I'll give in a little bit. And, like, what struck me was just how good the writing was. Uh And something I love in media, no matter what the media type is, no matter what the genre is, the writing of the relationships have to be yes. impeccable. Yeah. And sex education, like, it would piss me off how good the writing was. 
Like oh. I would get, I got mm-hmm. to like the middle of the first season. I was like, why are these plot lines just like, connecting like, so well? Yeah. I, it pissed me off how good it was. <laughs> how do you feel about that? I no, I loved I loved how it, it just yeah, like how honest like the relationships are and mm-hmm. how just like natural they seem to all come together and um it's just like what you were talking about euphoria like i love euphoria too mm-hmm. it's just like two different like you know kind of just different things but yeah. they're both like kind of um just like accurate in the yeah. sense where it doesn't feel like the perfect teen tv show or like this you know like the i don't know like the popular girl and the popular or, like the main love interest it's more like yeah and inclusive of like what can actually happen in real life to me Sex education felt more wholesome to me yes. than than Euphoria yeah. did. Euphoria would film like I would finish an episode of Euphoria and just need like to take a <laughs> mental break. Yeah, like it was so exhausting to watch, but like I was I was able to binge Sex Education in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly pissing me off that not to make it about Euphoria, but no. season two of Euphoria is coming out like all oh, at yeah, once, no. uh-huh. and like I don't like that because that's not what Euphoria. That's not that's not. For, yeah. like Netflix and HBO are two different things you know yes. but yeah I love the relationships no, me too. specific relationship I love mm-hmm. is Otis and Eric and yes. I love Eric as a character uh-huh. how do you feel about their relationship I thought it was such like a like a really nice like male friendship mm. portrayed and um like I felt like especially Otis like as as like a protagonist he's like a very uh very comfortable with his like femininity like mm-hmm. in his side and that's why he goes like so well of Eric and uh, they just like yeah I love that partnership and I feel like real like brothers like friendship mm-hmm. yeah Eric like to me was his his like whole arc uh-huh. over all three seasons I'd never connected with I mean I don't I don't recall connecting with the character as much as I have connected with Eric. And, like, immediately, just straight out of the get-go, I was like, oh, he's African. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just a connection. There's a distinction. There's distinctions, but African people and Afro-Caribbean people, as mm-hmm. an Afro-Caribbean person, there's just, like, I just understand them so well. Okay. And I just understood exact. I understood Eric as a Nigerian person so well. Okay. Like, his mannerisms, I was just like, God, he's Nigerian. But I loved it so much about him. Oh my god, I loved it so much. Did, and what's up? No, it's like the in like the last season. Like, what did you think about like when he like goes to visit? I like, do you remember anything? I do remember that. Uh-huh. I loved the way Nigeria was shot. Okay. I loved the colors. Oh, oh their use of yes. colors in the show. Yes, their use of colors. Very... The way they play with era with the oh with the like with the uh it's so good. It it's good. so good the way they play with era. And season three did seem a lot more modern than season one yes. and two. Uh-huh. But I th- what is it like the end of season two with Jean's relationship with Jakob when they break uh, up? Yes, because in season three, it's like their whole thing that they're apart. Yeah. The way like her like going back and talking to Jakob mm-hmm. and like the way that they color graded that, like with the pastels. Oh, my God. I was like. They're geniuses. Yeah. Like, why is this show so good? Like, why is everything about this show so good? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I love the way it's like shot and um and the performances are great too. Like everything is just very like cohesive and mm-hmm. just goes together nicely. But yeah. 
Yeah. But Eric. Eric. Eric, the way he, like, feels so comfortable mm-hmm. being feminine. Yeah. And it took me a while because, like, there's a lot of queer representation in the show in general. Yes. But it took me, like a while to be like, why am I connecting with a queer man more than I'm connecting with the lesbian characters? Because, like, when I began this show a couple months ago, mm-hmm. I was still identifying as a lesbian, and I was just like, I... And it, for a long time, it wasn't just, a, like, the lesbian couples in sex education, mm-hmm. but for a long time, I'd just been watching lesbian couples, and I'm just like, I just don't, like, mm-hmm. feel connected to this. Yeah. And, like, it took, like... I was thinking about it in preparation for this, and I was like, I don't, like, I don't think that's me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I've just, I've, and I've, since then, I've stopped identifying as a lesbian, and, and it doesn't mean that, I, it took, it took a while, it was like, is this internalized homophobia? Like, what's going yeah. on? But it took, like, realizing that I don't think that I am that. Yeah. I think that, like, I was reading this thing recently. Okay. Maybe I'll do an episode about it. But, like, Judith Butler was saying that like gender is the like repeated stylization of the body and I was like and that there is no like beneath to the front that we present of our genders like there is no like inherent thing about our Mm -hmm. genders and so like I was like I just am a masked person you know and like some of like I can be masked sometimes and I can be feminine sometimes but like and I like I was going into lesbianism thinking oh I'm, I'm a masked person and I was born a girl so like mask girls like like girls like that's i'm a lesbian like that that's just the rules Mm. and eric as a character i think like connecting with him and being like i'm a masked person who can be attracted to men and i'm a masked person who can be as feminine as eric is yeah yeah i think think that's really cool to think about and like that's what i love about the show that it like makes you think about things like that i think that's super interesting and like how you like related to Eric in that way yeah um no yeah I did you like what did you think of the like in the third season they introduced like um I forgot their name right now but it, it was like the, oh the non-binary the, yes. character yeah the non-binary character was like hmm, it felt very close to home okay and like the it was a it was a mass person who was attracted to Mm-hmm. a guy and I was like and I, I guess I wasn't I wasn't I didn't come to terms with it then so like watching it it it, it didn't like make me uncomfortable per se I was just like this is a very interesting storyline okay. that like I it was it was going over my head the significance of it at the time but also seeing the character and seeing them de- dealing with dysphoria and like wearing big clothes and I was like oh I've gone through this phase yeah I've gone through this yeah. phase of like wearing big clothes and like I don't know yeah it was interesting yeah no I I loved like I love just like learning more about mm-hmm. uh, about like non-binary and like honestly I, don't, I didn't <laughs> that's like my first like was more like an introduction for me mm-hmm. and I thought it was super um like important that they showed stuff like the like the banding mm-hmm. and so and like the like you know the dangerous yeah. side of doing that things and like bringing awareness to yeah season like, three found a way uh-huh. to be informative yeah. and like entertaining yeah like in like going heavy on the informative but like trying not to come across like, like too edgy. heavy-handed with it you uh-huh. know yeah i like that yeah well 
just because you said earlier, like with like internalized homophobia and stuff. What did mm-hmm. you What do you think about like Adam? Adam, because I feel like that was his big arc. Adam, <laughs> I've never been da- as down bad as Adam has with his internalized yeah, homophobia. Yeah. Okay. But I think I think it's oh my god that I can't talk about that. But <laughs> I think Adam's experience is one that needs to be told more often because mm-hmm. I feel like especially for black men and their um, depictions as masculine and sometimes hyper-masculine, they don't know how to confront, um, they don't know how to confront queerness and like if they might be queer or if people around them might be queer. Like mm-hmm. it's it, like internalized homophobia, I think is a specific, is, is a, is a problem for men who either have strong like figures strong masculine figures like adam did Mm -hmm. or like feel like they have to be masculine themselves Mm -hmm. so like i i thought it was very good yeah but yeah what do you think about the female characters what do you think about Maeve and amy and stuff um i love amy a lot Mm -hmm. i think she's one of my favorites um i i I love the way they're written too and there, Amy's story, the sexual assault storyline in the bus, I think was such like a great one, and um, how like, cause it wasn't, it wasn't like a sexual assault that it's like, it, like it was clearly like uh, assault in that way, but it wasn't something like where like the man like touched her or anything like that. So sometimes that like, that for women, um, I think makes them like take importance away or like maybe justify it as mm-hmm. like not being that important and mm-hmm. then it shows that through Amy and kind of having her like a trauma response type mm-hmm. of thing um and then I think it was super empowering when they all went on the bus with her together at the end and because all the like women were or the female characters were all like kind of arguing or fighting and then that was, they all just like got together to get on the bus with her and yeah. I think I love depictions of female friendship. Mm-hmm. I think female friendship is one of the strongest forces in the world. Yeah. Example, Frances Ha. Have you seen Frances Ha? Yes, I love Frances Ha. Oh, my Francis God. Frances Ha. I'm in love with that that depiction of female, yes, female friendship. friendship. Yeah. But I also love Maeve and Amy's relationship. I feel like like watching women go through conflicts and then their conflict re- resolution and them like actually like continuing to be good friends mm-hmm. and like genuine good friends yeah. it's like i wish i saw more of that me too yeah i am like actually shaking <laughs> it's like so bad but yeah what else what other characters gene gene oh, yeah genuinely one of the hottest characters that I've ever seen in media. Uh-huh. Season one, Jean is just undefeated in my opinion. The oh. short white hair, it was yes, undefeated. Like they they got her into this like long blonde hair thing, and I was just like, mm-hmm. this isn't Jean. No, oh, like the short yeah. blonde. Yeah. No, I I loved her as a character too. She was like, she was just very like she was just like a badass, and yeah. it was very. Um, I don't know and. It was interesting to see like a per, like a parental role, like so comfortable talking mm-hmm. about sex, like with her, with his, with her son, and stuff. And um, I don't know. I just feel like you don't really don't see that, or like sex becomes this like taboo thing that mm-hmm. um, like I just like are not like participating in, or just like avoided at all. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love her character. 
I like that she was wise, but also made bad decisions. Yes. Just made her more human. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her, though. I loved her and Jakob. The relation, the, like, when they had to become a family Mm -hmm. in season three. Yes. I think I had difficulty with that arc, just because, like, watching Ola and Otis try to be siblings. Yes. It was really weird. (laughs) And I just hated Ola's Ola's character. She was the only character. Yes, I did not like her. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to break the ice on that. Yeah. Because, like, I hated her character. Yeah. She was so annoying. I was just really mad that she was ripping Otis and me apart at one point. Yeah. um, But no, I I think I liked her better when she got with um, Lily. Yeah, with Lily. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like that just made sense. Mm -hmm. But didn't really like her when. She was the whole trying to be a family. I don't know if this is appropriate to talk about, but when they tried to explore like kinks through, oh, uh-huh. through what's it called, through Lily's fixation on aliens. Yeah, that was that was a difficult thing to do. You know, yes. if I felt like it would like it's probably the first show of its kind to do something like that. But man. Yeah, because it sounds just, like, weird, like, yeah. when you just think about it, but, yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God, I, let me, I have to tell you something. Okay. So, yeah. we're in research. Okay. And Addie. Yeah. Addie last year, her topic right now has, not, like, is completely different from what Lilith. she was originally going to do. Yeah. Junior year, we were talking about what we were going to do for this year, uh-huh. and she was going to do a project about fan fiction, and then when I was watching, oh. when I was watching Lily, like, have her thing on fan fiction i was like she should have done that yeah fan fiction is such like an untapped like like uh-huh phenomena and like it could have been amazing it could have been, been really interesting yeah and she was gonna dive into it in a different way well it, it still had to do with like young girls in their like and mm-hmm. their um behavior of writing fan fiction uh-huh but it probably wasn't going to be so much about aliens. It was probably going to be a little more normal than okay. that. Not normal. Not the same type Was she going to... Like, it would have been interesting kind of maybe to go to, like, how, like, fan fiction is, like, written... I don't know, the, like... Young the, age. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. young age and also, like, all, the male protagonist... Or, like, the male, like, figure love... But are, they're, like, always, like, really toxic. Yeah. And that's, like, the main thing. Or... <laughs> There's young girls reading like gay fan fiction. Oh yeah, a lot of yeah. it. Yeah, a lot of it. And oh my god, we're getting into a lot of things, but it's fine. It's okay. There's like this phenomena. Drag race is really popular mm-hmm. among young girls for some reason. I'm not sure why. That okay. in itself is quite strange to me. I'm not sure why there's like 12 year old girls watching <laughs> like super obsessed with drag uh-huh. race, like cishet like yeah. girls super obsessed with, with drag race okay but there's two drag race queens from season seven mm-hmm. trixie mattel and katya mm-hmm. who people like to write fan fiction about mm-hmm. and i'm like so there's one aspect of it they're they're, they're gay men mm-hmm. who are drag queens or if like there's multiple definitions of what drag is but for the purpose of drag race at the time female impersonators right yeah so there's one that there's that aspect of it and then you're writing them in a relationship with each other that's it's 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 just so strange it's it's so interesting yeah and 
it needs to be explored, and I wish Addie was the one exploring it. <laughs> but like, yeah. Just do you mind? Just because like it's fan fiction, but like, and because we were talking about Euphoria like a little. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about like the whole like the whole like what? um what was it? Was it like the the One Direction thing where they like wrote um oh yeah, <laughs> God that was <sighs> okay. Sex education dealt with a weirder subject matter. Yeah. And in a I better feel, way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, that was so, like, euphoria is, like, graphic in, in mm-hmm. a completely different way than sex mm-hmm. education is graphic. Like, sex education is so much more purposeful with the way that they're graphic. And, like, it could be something said about the directors, the producers, the, the creator, Sam Levinson and who he is but like I think that sex education dealt with like dealt with fan fiction and deals with um like graphic stuff in general in a way more thoughtful and purposeful way but man we could have a whole episode even for you want to come back you want to you can come back and talk about that book okay. and then you can come back and talk, talk about euphoria because <laughs> okay we could really have yes. an entire episode they, on euphoria. it's just like they're like they relate and they like show so much so much of like similar things and like different yeah it's, yeah it's interesting so and i feel like um in season three mm-hmm. the non-binary well, i wish i remember yeah, the non-binary character's remember. name yeah but uh, mm, what is what is the guy's name? Jackson. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Jackson and them, they um did shrooms on that field trip. Oh, uh-huh. and even the way I mean, it's it's a kind of in some ways it's an it's an idealized way to deal with drugs because like they didn't get in trouble or yeah, like right. nothing like really yeah. long term happened to them after they did drugs, but like dealing with the subject matter of drugs, I feel like sex education did it in, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just different because sex education didn't, like, seek to be a commentary on addiction, you know, in no. the same way that euphoria, euphoria is. Yeah. So, like, I feel like they approach drugs differently, too, mm-hmm. and as well as, like, sexual content. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, because also in sex education, like, it's, also like a comedy overall mm-hmm. and i was i was reading like this article too about um the like intimacy director and how mm-hmm. she like has to direct like direct some stuff to like appear like comedic too mm-hmm. and i uh maybe that made it more comfortable to mm-hmm. to watch than some of the stuff in euphoria because i love euphoria but i like it yeah euphoria and it's like it has such graphic scenes. Yeah. Uh, the mental bricks I had to take. Yeah. Like, it, so it, was, it was really bad. Yeah. But, and I appreciate sex education as a comedy. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, like, it like actually made me laugh mm-hmm. sometimes. And I feel like with a lot of newer media, especially Netflix originals, it doesn't do that for me at all. Yeah. I hate the writing of Netflix originals. They're always super bad. Mm-hmm. My f- what? No, do you just like British humor too? True. Because like, I, I like British, yeah. Yeah. Americans do tend to suck at a lot of things. Uh-huh. And writing 
can be one of those things. <laughs> Not a very intellectual people, mm-hmm. but um, uh, this, I can't discredit all of American like media. But no. um, and honestly, even like even as genres, the writing in Euphoria is better. I mean, the writing in Sex Education is better than the writing in Euphoria. Even for dramatic writing, it's not as good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Except for. But there could be so many episodes, so many be. things. Well, you're talking like the Jules, Jules episode. The Jules yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, and you know why that. it was good? Yeah, because Hunter Schaefer <laughs> yeah. wrote it and not Sam Levinson. Oh my god. <laughs> An amazing episode. Amazing yeah. writing. Amazing cinematography. Yes. Oh is god. it because Euphoria rely, like, relies heavily on the cinematography when mm-hmm. it's like Sam Levinson? Like, mm-hmm. and then like, when, uh, when Hunter did it, like it was still just, it's just both. It was yeah. Just, no, I love that oh the same The writing was so good. Yeah. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> we can do We can do another Yeah. One. We, we can have Danny on multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. Okay. This can be Danny and Joe's podcast, actually. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Hmm. Sex education. I think, I mean, we kind of covered it. It was just, like, I talked a little bit about, or I was thinking a little bit about, like, just, like, female sexuality in mm-hmm. place in sex, sex education and mm-hmm. how, I don't know, I just feel like, like, it as experience and, you know, it, um, like, when you grow, grow up as a girl, like, there's just a lot of shame put around anything around sex and girls and then, you know, guys, it's double standard. Just, they're, like, encouraged or praised around stuff like mm-hmm. sex. So I just thought the way sex education covered that too was very, um, I don't know, different look at it. It was a very, like, good take on consent and Mm -hmm. a good take on, like, when Amy got with that, like, bodybuilder guy who was good at math. Yeah. Um, he was, he was very concerned with what she wanted. Yeah. And very rare. Yeah, is very that rare. reality? <laughs> yeah. it was, it's a very rare phenomenon yeah. when they are concerned. But I think it's good for like people to see. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I've, I like that's a very fine line with mm-hmm. um, a lot of media. It's like finding the difference between like what reality is and what like what you want what reality to be, to be and like how the media itself can be a part of mm-hmm. making what they want reality to be. Yeah. Great. I like that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sometimes it takes me a while to get the sentence out, but when it comes no, out, it's, it's I feel good. like you're speaking so much more clearly <laughs> than me. I feel all jumbled up. No, I, I, don't, I don't even know how. Like, the, <laughs> the nervousness will be, like, completely physical, or sometimes it could be mental, but no. it's, like, a lot of physical right now. No, I understand. But I'm trying to get the ideas out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was nice having you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I like talking. It was really, really good. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> was that good? That was good. Yeah, really? That was great. Okay. I had to stop myself from jumping in a few times. Really? Because <laughs> I, I, I actually really like both those shows. So mm-hmm. I had to stop myself from... Did you have some hot takes? You want to oh, no, disagree no, with anything? I, I basically just wanted to, like, yeah, I like what you're saying. Mm. You guys are killing it. 
Do you think there's any parts that we're going to...